Man, I took a shower before this. I was like, I'm in the movie, guys. Oh my gosh. What? I hope I don't get murdered. Wait for someone to come in the door. <laughs> it's like, I, ooh, I hope I don't get, yeah, I hope I don't get murdered. Patiently waits in the shower all day <laughs> until the murderer comes. It's like, you were late. <laughs> my idea was like, if you ever want to update this, if you ever want to update this movie, like, further down the line, just instead of a knife, use a gun. Just have someone bust in and just shing, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that would be, like, shocking. <laughs> just having this person come in and shoot. Like, mother got a Glock No, now. that's... <laughs> no, nah, that's if the Bates Motel moved to, like, like became, like, a chain of motels in, like, Memphis or Chicago <laughs> or just, or any other, like, place that is known for shooting. Detroit. Detroit. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, shall we? Hey everyone, you're listening to the Murder Board Podcast. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I am your host, Walter, and tonight I am with Shelton. Hello. And Zaria. Hello. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you. Be back. I know I wasn't here last go around. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, uh, tonight... <laughs> Tonight we are starting a brand new series We're starting our September Slasher series Where we will take a look at the progression of slashers Throughout the decades using its most iconic movies Tonight we are visiting the 1960s With the OG granddaddy of all slashers Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960 I'm so excited to be talking about this movie But before we get into all that Um <laughs> On various podcasts, you guys have explained how you don't like slashers, so I thought I'd start off with, what do you like about slashers, or what do you find appealing when we talk about the slasher movie genre? This is going to make me sound very dark and scary, (laughs) but I just, I don't know, it's like how the people die, because like some people get chopped, some people get chased and chopped, (laughs) then some people don't get chopped at all. They just like might have like a great fall, and it's like, oh, you're dead. But it's like how the people die. That's what I like. Some people get chopped and screwed. I mean, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, with me, what drives me into them is usually the story, which is usually lacking in slashers. But when it has a good story, like how Psycho does, that's when I can really get into it. Awesome. Mm. I've, I've tried to explain, hopefully I can explain it tonight, why, I'm more, I, why I am mostly drawn to slasher movies. I would have to say that um, what draws me in most of all is kind of just like that primal, like, fight or flight. Like, you get to that fight or flight point of it, but really, I like the aspect of just having, like, having to outsmart someone is usually what these characters have to do, or having to be so aware of their surroundings, I I think what I'm mostly drawn to is just the the character types. Like you know some you know usually have these a group of characters. They all fill a specific role, and you know like Sheldon says, sometimes the story lags. Sometimes the story is interesting, but I you know I just like the formula of it. Like group of people 
friends or whatever, and you know they have they're getting a, a secluded place, or you know they're traveling, and all of a sudden everything goes wrong, and they have to run or survive someone or something else attacking them, while also trying to like figure it out. I also like I love the the mystery aspect of it. Uh, slasher, the slasher genre, as we'll talk about really next week with Black Christmas, but it is a kind of a evolution of the murder mystery uh, genre that they had earlier back in the days of like Agatha Christie. Like, so they just kind of took out the procedural part of it. But yeah, for me, it's it's all about the you know surviving the night and trying to outsmart the out the opposing force, whatever it is. I think that's what I find the most interesting about it. But as we go through this series, I will definitely, you know, add on to that statement. And with, you know, as we go through these movies and I try to bring back all the things that I've studied and why I am mostly drawn to the slasher genre. So, yes, uh, tonight we're talking about Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. So I'm going to just get into some basic facts about it. But first, we're going to take a quick little break. So we're talking about Psycho. Uh, the movie was released on September 8th, 1960. It's directed by the master of suspense himself, Alfred Hitchcock. Um, quick question. Are you guys familiar with Alfred Hitchcock at all? I've heard the name. Yeah. I can't. I know that he's done a lot. I just can't remember what he's done, honestly. He used to be talking about, like, a ton. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't hear nothing about it recently. Yeah, he, he normally comes up. Oh, no, he's dead. I think he died in, like, the 80s, but uh, I believe he's done over 60 movies, but uh, just to name a few that I really like, and the only ones that I've really seen, uh, Rear Window is his, Strangers on a Train, uh, keep that title in mind for later, Uh, Dial M for Murder, that's a big one, Rope is actually my favorite one, besides Psycho, Uh, hopefully we'll do Rope one day, Uh, The Lady Vanishes, also another title you guys should uh, remember, and uh, he also did Vertigo and The Birds. Uh, have you guys ever seen any of those movies? No. The Birds. The, the birds. I remember, like, I didn't, like, I didn't see it, like, from start to finish, but I've seen, like, clips of it. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine saw this with, like, her grandpa, I guess, I think. I don't remember who she saw it with. But this is where her fear of birds comes from. It's from this movie. <laughs> it is a wild so movie. So it was like, yeah, so her, yeah. That's so when you said the birds, I was like, wait, I've I've heard of this movie because of a friend, an old friend. She's scared of birds. Hopefully, hopefully she does not mind me sharing that. 
Well, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I just, the birds out of all these movies, the birds is like the funnest one to watch because it's just <laughs> from beginning to end, birds attacking people, and it's it's so There's all three scenes where you just see a group of birds attack a bunch of little kids at a park. Like there's it's. <laughs> And it is like, yeah, it's very bloody too. It's geese it's attack bird. I mean, geese attack people. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like I've, ex- I've experienced a geese a-, a geese attack. If I remember correctly, love how it's scary. just not explained too. Like it's just never explained why the birds are attacking. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, birds are attacking you guys. Have fun. It is. <laughs> Go no. on. <laughs> it sounds we, like uh, it has big Sharknado vibes. It, it could, you know what? I would say so, but it does have a plot, and it it is a lot smarter than those movies. <laughs> but it is like the same formula where it's just random, like animals just decide to start attacking people, and like fashion. Yeah, like it, it's it's awesome. So uh, continuing on with these little facts about Psycho here, the screenplay is by Joseph Safano. And uh, Psycho is actually based on a book by Robert Blanc. He wrote this book after uh, everything with Ed Gein was exposed. And he actually lived, like, not too far from Ed Gein, given that Psycho is kind of the closest thing to Ed Gein that we we have. But we touched on all that mm-hmm. in our uh, Texas Chainsaw episodes. we just go back to that. Uh, so the books were published. Uh, Psycho was published April 10th, 1959. Psycho 2 was published in 1982, and the third one, Psycho House, was published in 1990. So that's the book series there. Um, I've actually only read the first book, and it's fairly short, and it's fairly, very uh, similar to the movie. Like, it's very close, except uh, the characters look different, and they have different names. Uh, So Marion in the book is actually Mary Crane. I believe, oh, uh, Norman Bates' description is way different. He's uh, he's described as, like, a fat man with, uh, I think he's balding, too. So that's how... He's creepy. Yeah, that's how... It, no, he's still, like, he has, like, a boyish look to him, but he's just fat. So that's how... Uh, Not to say, in the movie... Yeah, they made him ham. He was actually rather... But he was rather attractive. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, so the books are the book descriptions are very different. Um, it's also the book is also much more graphic. Uh, the shower scene oh. is also graphic because not only does she get stabbed to death, but uh, she gets decapitated. Oh, yep. And oh. uh, so and then all the stuff with the mom is in a lot of gory details. And um, even even the detective, I believe he dies a bit differently, or is described a bit differently. But yeah. Other than that, it's very, like, you know, everything is very close to how it is in the movie. It's just, like, I think everybody's just made younger, honestly, and more attractive. So, uh, continuing with the movie stars, Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, uh, mother of Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, Vera Miles and John Gavin. And the plot goes like this. Secretary Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee, goes on the lam after stealing $40,000 from her employer, in order to run away with her boyfriend, Sam Loomis, played by John Gavin. When overcome by exhaustion during a heavy rainstorm and traveling on the back roads to avoid police, she stops for the night at the Ramshack Bates Motel and meets the polite but highly strung proprietor, Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, a young man with an interest in taxidermy and a difficult relationship with his mother. The budget for this movie was actually... (laughs) 
$806,947, and the box office took over $50 million. So this movie was made for cheap. It was actually made on the, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, show. Do you know how much that is in uh, U.S. dollars, like, this year? I do not. I didn't look it up. Oh. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't do the inflation thing. Yikes. Yeah. Probably should have. Someone else will do it out there. <laughs> okay, well, because I know the $40,000 is, like, equivalent to, like, 300000 Yeah, the 40000 is what is equivalent to like three hundred and something thousand dollars as of two thousand and nineteen. I'll look that up. Oh wow. I'm not good at math, so that's why I never thought about it, but that's nice. <laughs> yeah. For me they're just dollars. Oh, she took a lot of money. <laughs> um so despite this movie being like iconic of like one of the most iconic movies of all time, this actually is a franchise. There's several movies that were done after this that I feel like no one ever really knows about. So, uh, Psycho 2 was, uh, it came out in 1983. Um, uh, by the way, I've seen all these movies. So, uh, if, mm-hmm. I could quick, yeah, if I could quickly describe Psycho 2, I don't like it, but it's basically Norman Bates <laughs> getting out of the hospital and he tries to live a normal life. Meanwhile, he's kind of being haunted by the ghost of his mom. And then he runs, you know, he it's he runs into like, um, I believe he starts dating a girlfriend, and then there's a big, there's another big twist in there that kind of changes everything. Uh, I don't want to spoil it in case you know people actually are into it because it it does go with the lore. But I hate it. I thought it just undid everything that the first movie did. But uh, then there's Psycho Three, which I actually love. It's it's such a fun movie to watch because it's so weird. But uh, that came out in 1986. Uh, if I can quickly describe that one, it's uh. It takes place right after two, and Norman is trying his hardest not to go crazy again. Meanwhile, a bunch of teenagers <laughs> decide to party at the motel, so he's like packed with business. And at the same time, there's a runaway nun hiding out at the hotel. <laughs> She's suicidal, and it is okay. it is it is such it is such a crazy movie. I love it. It's so fun to watch. But uh, other than that, uh. After that, they tried to make a TV show called Bates Motel. That came out in 1987, but it was a failed TV show, and it completely sucks. By the way, all of these I feel like you can watch on. Uh, I know, I know you can find Bates Motel, the original, on TV, but it it it, it just sucks. It was like it takes place in like an alternate timeline, and Norman Bates is dead, so he left his motel to some random kid he saw after going to jail, and the kid's like grown. He grows up, and he's trying to like run the motel and fix the house meanwhile there's someone running around like killing people and it, it turns into this very poorly scooby-doo plot it's it's terrible he has like a sidekick that uh who works at like a chicken like restaurant so she's like so there's countless like scenes of her just in her chicken outfit because she's like the mascot and just trying to solve this mystery and it's it's terrible it's very it, i wouldn't i don't recommend it uh, then there's Psycho 4, uh, The Beginning. This is actually a prequel. It came out in 1990. It was, uh, I believe it premiered on HBO, but it actually stars the kid from um, E.T. He's like a teenager. And the uh, Olivia Hussey, who we'll talk about, I believe, in Black Christmas. I believe she's in Black Christmas. So we'll talk about her next week. But she plays the mom. It is strictly about how Norman grew up and who his mom was. And they try to explain 
uh, what happened. The two girls, you know, they take the they take the ending of the first movie and made it as a prequel to try to explain it all. And it's not very loved, but I liked it because it was such an interesting way to look at things. Uh, like I said, uh, it's a prequel where everything at the end is shown to you and explained with a few different tweaks. He's scared that the child is going to come out crazy or that his mom's going to be reborn the child. So he calls a, he calls a radio station that's like a part-time true crime podcast at like late at night. And he pretty much just tells his story. Uh, but it, it's still a fun, like it's still an interesting movie to watch. Uh, like I'm I said, confused on how he got out of prison because he killed two. He had two confirmed people killed. It, it's bookended by grown-up Norman, who's uh, who's now married and he has a child on the way, but he's scared that uh, the child that his wife's gonna birth, who is his psychiatrist. So you know, all types of legal things happening there. On top of the three missing people, yes. and I'm pretty sure they fished. They went, went digging in that swamp. Yep, but so. <laughs> He, uh, he was probably uh, one of the few people who ever who actually got the insanity plea and was able to uh, be like, oh well, this guy's crazy. Yeah, it so, is confirmed he has yeah, a. It, it is confirmed actually. he has a mental illness. But as the movies describe it, uh, I know in Psycho Two, I know in Psycho Two he gets out on good behavior, and then in Psycho the beginning, uh, it, he's he falls in love with his psychiatrist, and you know that alone they they he's able to get out of prison and he's living in a nice home with his wife and uh unborn child but you know psycho 4 i actually like it but the movie ends with him trying to kill a pregnant woman <laughs> he's like in a house and burning it down while she's in it so uh other than that it's still a good movie to watch to me like i would recommend it then it was remade in 1998 uh this was by gus van zandt and a lot not a lot of people like this movie it's very artsy, like, you know, it's, like, unnecessarily artsy. Uh, it's very 90s. Uh, <laughs> the movie stars mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn as, uh, as Norman Bates. So, you know, it, it, that's a weird casting there. Uh, Anne Heche plays Marion Crane. If you don't remember her, we talked about her in My Friend Dahmer. She played Jeffrey's mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why, but she seems to do every remake every horror remake that she can, but Julianne Moore is in this as uh, Marion's sister, Lila. <laughs> Apparently she's a lesbian in this one, too. You know, Julianne Moore is a good actress, but we can never find a movie where she's good in. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm <laughs> Again, she's a great, she's a good actress, but we can't ever find a movie that she's good in. Other, uh, it also stars Viggo Mortensen, who plays Sam. And uh, William H. Macy, who plays Arbogast. Uh, you know, William H. Macy plays... Uh, we know him as Frank from Shameless. Arbogast. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you how much I hate that name. But, uh, it's so cool. <laughs> is it? It sounds like someone is chewing tobacco and just forgot to spit it out. Like, it sounds like a bounty hunter. <laughs> Arbogast. Yeah, it sounds like a bounty hunter. <laughs> Arbogast. Yeah, it sounds like a bounty hunter. The bounce. Oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I mean, in a way, he was. He was. <laughs> I mean, I mean well, he is in the right way. He's a, he's a private investigator, so in a way, he was coming for it. Just so he could arrest you. Mm, we'll talk about it. Alright, so that brings us to Motel, <laughs> the TV series that premiered on A&E. It lasted from 2013 to 2017 with five seasons. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. I have the whole entire series on Blu-ray. 
I watch it from time to time. Uh, I love the series. It is so great. It is very similar to the Hannibal series, but it, it, it takes different. Mm-hmm. Ap- While Hannibal is much more of a horror type show, it is much more about, you know, grossing you out and then adding psychological input and art to it. Uh, what Base Motel does is take a more family approach to it. It's much more psychological. You are constantly asking yourself what is going on because there's so many, like, you know, you don't know what's real or not because the whole show is through Norman's perspective. Uh, I mean, you get Norman's perspective and you get more into their family or whatever. But uh, I totally recommend the show. It is. My mom I, liked the show. Yeah, I said, I said. My mom watched it when it was on air. And she liked it. She said it was weird, but she still watched it every every day or every time the new episode came on. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it's definitely it, it it hooks you right in. And what I found interesting is that it does pretty. It is pretty much a prequel, much like how Psycho for the beginning explained everything. This one takes it to like another level. Uh, it, it's set in modern day, but everybody dresses like it's the '60s. Uh, so there's that. You find out what happened, what really happened to uh, his dad. You find out who the other man in uh, Norma's life was. Again, you you explore the two girls that were missing prior, uh, and then season five tackles the psycho storyline. Uh, it does it in a very different way, and they twist it a lot. But uh, the show starred uh, Freddie Highmore grown up with this kid but no one remembers where he's been in <laughs> but uh, i think when i think of him i think of uh charlie in the chocolate factory like he was in the oh, remake yeah is he the main kid yes the, oh. yeah he's the kid with the tiniest head ever <laughs> oh uh he was also in what spider witch chronicles i believe he was in that too he's yeah he's and then like any other british thing he was in uh <laughs> So he, he's such a good actor, though. He plays Norman really well. He actually looks like Anthony Perkins in that show. But uh, he, he's, you know, you, you forget he's British, but he's really good. He does. Uh, he does look like him. He does. He really does. Yeah, I'm noticing it now. Uh, and then Vera Famiga, who we all know from the Conjuring series, she plays an, uh, Norma Bates, his mom. She's awesome in the mm-hmm. show. She can go zero to 100 in, like, half a scene. Like, she... <laughs> I'm telling you, one moment they're having dinner, and then, like, you turn away for, like, a second. Next thing you know, the whole table flipped over, and she's yelling at everybody holding a knife. It is, she's awesome in that show. She just, like, and then she's so unpredictable, too. I think that's why she was so, like, known for this show. She was just so, you never knew what that lady was going to do, and you feared that she was going to hurt those kids. You really felt like, I, I don't know, like, there's a certain part, part like, she loves her kids, you get that, but it's like, ooh, you have enough to like hang them off of a building. Like that's how it is. That's how it comes off to me. But it's so weird. Uh, what it, it also stars uh, Max Theriot. Uh, not a lot of people know him, but he did a few horror movies before he was in that. I know him from uh, what My Soul to Take. He was in that. Uh, Olivia Cook got her start here. She's been in a ton of stuff. I can't even remember at like everything she's been in, but uh, I think. Uh, most recently was uh, Ready Player One. She played the main girl. And uh, Nicola Peltz, who I'm so glad she got this show because she redeemed herself from The Last Airbender. Or, the, <laughs> or as uh, Shalaya would say, the movie that shall not be named. Honestly. That movie never happened. <laughs> it was a parody movie. It wasn't the real thing. You know, parody movies have, like, the, like, have the wrong name and whatnot, so it's cool. <laughs> 
just not a thing. It, it didn't happen. Yeah, well, then I guess we could officially say Nicola Peltz started here and she never played Katara. So <laughs> <laughs> she, she was on Bates, she started at Bates Hotel, guys. Ignore everything else. <laughs> uh, it also featured Austin Nichols, who played Sam Loomis, and uh, Rihanna as Marion Crane. Yep. Oh, man, she was awesome. Look, Rihanna, I never found her as the best actor or actress, but uh, because if you've ever seen Battleship, <laughs> but. Uh, she is really, she's actually really good in like the, she, I think she's in like four episodes. I know she's at the beginning and she has like the two part episode where they actually do Psycho. But uh, yeah, she's got a, she, she's really good in this. So uh, that brings us to the end of all the facts I have on the show and uh, the Psycho franchise. So uh, give me some feedback here. What do you guys think about this surprising franchise that happened out of this one movie? I didn't know that it was a franchise. I thought it was just a one-and-done movie, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was a whole franchise. I knew, I knew that, Bates, like that the Bates Motel, like the newest one, uh, yeah. the newer one. I knew, I knew that that show derived from this movie, but everything else, I did not know. So I was like, I didn't think, I didn't, yeah. So yeah, when you said all those movies, those were the first time I've heard of those movies. The following yes. movies, and then the other Bates Motel. Oh, mm. I, I, like, I just knew about this movie, and I just knew about <laughs> I just knew about uh, Bates Motel, the most recent one. Yeah. Before it's... I watched this movie, I didn't even know that Bates Motel was Psycho. Really? Yeah, I had no clue. You had no clue. Nope. All right, I'm man. A little bit dumb. <laughs> So that's cool. Uh, I want to. Last thing I want to say is that uh, I really do love Bates Motel, the show, though. Like the newest one, it is. It was so good. I I was so sad when it ended. Uh, it ended like right around the same time like Teen Wolf ended too. So I was like Dang. gut punching. It, it gut punched me. I believe it, it ended the same month. I can't remember exactly when, but it was so. I think it did. I remember you like freaking out. For yeah. A couple weeks. I was sad. I was so sad. Man, it's uh, it, it's such a great show. What I wanted to say, what I was trying to say is, uh, like I said, it's very similar to Hannibal. Uh, I remember when Hannibal first got, uh, was first released on Netflix earlier, uh, a couple months ago. A lot of people on Twitter, or at least on my Twitter, were comparing the two shows, and I just couldn't compare them. They're so much alike, and yet they're so different. But what I did realize after thinking about it, because I just overthink things, uh, they both share the same theme of transformation and connection you can go back to our science of the lambs episode where i explain how hannibal is all about transformation uh but the thing i can say for a uh, base motel is that not only is it much of a softer more psychological delusional type show rather than hannibal is while hannibal is more like shocking uh what i found the biggest difference is that while hannibal is about ascension uh base motel is definitely about deterioration uh, Norman is deteriorating throughout the entire show. His mind is just, you feel so bad for him. But uh, that's all I got to say. So we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to actually get into the movie Psycho. Here we have a quiet little motel, when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. You have a vacancy? Oh, we have 12 vacancies. 
Isn't this the first place it looks like it's hiding from the world? I think that... We're all in our private traps. Clamped in them. And none of us can ever get out. Is anyone at home? Oh, that, that, uh, that must be my mother. Is anything wrong? Am I acting as if there's something wrong? She's not missing so much as she's run away. Put me down! Mother! Oh, God! Mother! What are you running away from? She looked like a wrong one to you. It's not as if she were a, a maniac. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. All right, guys. So let's get into Psycho, nineteen sixty. Uh, first impressions go. Uh, it was old. <laughs> really? It was definitely. But no. <laughs> but no. Um, honestly, to me, like it's kind of like a roller coaster. Not a roller coaster, but like how uh, all the ups and downs. But like when you start off on a roller coaster, it goes like slow and goes up, 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 and then. It gets like when she got to the motel. That's when it's that's when I really started to pay attention and really got into it. Really? Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I pay. Like I could pay. Like it still got my attention in the beginning, but it wasn't until she got to the motel is when I really was like, ooh, yeah. kind of ooh. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I never actually. Well, I'm sure y'all know. I never watched Psycho. I never really heard too much about it. The only thing I knew was, like, the shower scene. Because, you know, it's so iconic. And as I was watching the first half of that movie, I was just like, this is a different Psycho, isn't it? Oh, my God. You thought it was, like, the wrong one. And then she died, and I was like, oh, so you just go give us a main character and then kill her in the middle of the movie. I thought this was going to be over after she died. I thought okay, it was going to end after that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, fast ending. You idiot. She now you know where... She um... in the car again. <laughs> now you know where Hereditary got it from and a lot of other movies. Scream, mm-hmm. uh, when a Stranger Calls. That's where all these movies got it from. Mm-hmm. A uh, quick question is: This is y'all's first time watching the movie, right? Yes. Mine, yeah. Awesome. So I, I love exposing people to this movie because it's so fun watching their reactions. But yeah, I've seen it like you know a bajillion times at this point. It's I don't know. I just love. I enjoy watching this movie, especially the first hour. Um. So, uh, what I love is that how it opens. It's just credits and music, and it, the music is loud as hell. <laughs> So loud. I just love it. Uh, whenever I drive in the rain, I always want to like put this music on and like pretend I'm driving. Like you know, most people pretend that they're in Fast and Furious while they're driving. Most people might pretend that they're uh, you know, 
in like one of those teen summer movies. I pretend I'm in Psycho because <laughs> just crunched up at the wheel, just going din, 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 din. like I don't know. It's so fun. <laughs> it's just, I'm weird. Speaking <laughs> of, let me just say, oh my God, she is the worst under pressure. Oh, she is. Yes. Like Her there was answer. nothing going on, and she's acting like she just has a fucking body in the trunk. God. Her and that, that frustrated me. Yeah, well, you're gonna definitely get into it. But actually, let's do it now. Uh, what do you guys think of Marion Crane, played by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, Janet Lee? I think she did well. Yeah, she did well. Yeah. I, I, I like, I her. I thought I think she's like the best part of this movie. Honestly, she's so yeah. interesting to me. She was <laughs> about to say in the beginning, she's what kept me like interested. Yes. Man, she is hot. I just love looking at her. I just love looking at her. She is sexy. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel. Walking she is so... <laughs> women in the 1960s. <laughs> like, baby, if you were... Man, baby, if this were the 60s... Mm-mm-mm. You is, know, if I would... She does have strong Marilyn Monroe vibes. Yeah, like, you know... if. If this wasn't the 60s, and, you know, if I wasn't going to get murdered just for whistling at you, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was about to, I was like, you might not want to be in the 60s, Walt. Yeah, look. If You're I a black man. You know, there's a, this The 60s joke. was not for you. Yeah, it's like, uh, whenever Umbrella Academy came out, a lot of jokes were like, black people do not need to time travel <laughs> because there's no <laughs> other place we can go <laughs> except the future. We can't go anywhere but the future. <laughs> but man, like I was, I would just pluck her out and just like one night. Uh, but she's she's awesome in this. I love her as Marion Crane. I love her in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's like Jamie Lee. Like Jamie Lee Curtis popped out of that, and we'll talk about Jamie Lee Curtis in uh in when we do Halloween. But uh, man, she is. I just can't get over how hot she is. Like she's awesome. I like the little short hair. Wait, I liked had... her. I liked her eyebrows. Those were <laughs> done very nicely. Her makeup was done. Her makeup in a movie phenomenal. Yes, like she, oh my she God. definitely was pretty, pretty for sure. Let's move over to her not so interesting boyfriend or affair lover, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Sam Loomis. First off, the Sam does the name Sam Loomis uh, ring a bell for you guys? No. Are you sure? Think about it, Sam. Loomis. Is it a flower? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk about it later. But um, Halloween, the main guy, the doctor chasing down Michael Myers, his name is Sam Loomis. The only Halloween I've ever seen is the newest one. Where they mentioned drunk in the middle of it. Oh my god. (laughs) They mentioned his name. (laughs) Well, we'll get to Halloween later in this series, but. Sam Loomis. Are you saying Sam Loomis or Lucas? Loomis. His in the movie cycle, the boyfriend's name was Sam Loomis. So in Halloween, he the the name is transferred again as the uh, the doctor who was treating Michael Myers from a kid to when he broke out, and then the name pops up again in Scream, where one of the main characters' name is Billy Loomis. Oh. It's just a funny little, like, progression of 
of how a name works. Like, you know, horror movie names is kind of a, a thing if you're a horror fan, where a lot of the same names from different horror movies will pop up in each one. Like, it pop up in different series. Like, there's a bunch of them. In, uh, like, I know, in, uh, for instance, in uh, Final Destination, the first one, all the characters are named after horror directors. And uh, there's just funny little things like that. I know Scream does it a lot, too, uh, where different names. And uh, I know Nightmare on Elm Street has uh, a lot of, like, names that call back to different things. So, you know, one of the main ones that people know is Sam Loomis, which is he, his name kind of pops up here and there. But it's just a funny little thing. Uh, what also didn't like is that she, the first line is, you didn't finish your lunch. <laughs> and it's just like a sandwich <laughs> on the table. What, wait, no, okay, what bugs me, because, you know, I always got to bring up food. Yep. Um, why the hell was he giving her a sandwich with milk? It's <laughs> a normal-ass sandwich with milk? It's the 60s. They had nothing else to drink. I do. They could have drank water. I do. You drink sandwich You milk? do that? <laughs> if, if I had, like, a ham and cheese sandwich, I would have, like, a glass of milk. Well, oh. there you go, Shelton. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so let's add it to the Add it to the list. <laughs> we got to add it to the list. It's got mustard. Uh, what was the other one? <laughs> now we got milk. I really, I really don't like lamb. I could do the cereal, but I don't know. The taste of I, milk I, is, I love, is weird. I could, I could drink milk. I could drink white milk. Um, I could drink chocolate milk. Um, I, I could, that, I yeah. could just drink milk. I don't like. I don't like strawberry milk. Like, I do feel do like you that's drink milk alone, disgusting like and too sweet. I don't. I don't drink milk. Yeah, like I, I can't do that. I'm the type of person. I, I'm the type of person that could be like, "Ooh, I want a glass of milk." I'm that person. Oh, you got yeah. strong bones. Okay. I hate when people put. Ice. One would think. <laughs> it just irritates me. I just hate. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like, it's, oh, it's a glass okay, of milk. I've done that too. Oh my god. <laughs> Lord Zarius. God. (laughs) Keep her, Lord. Keep her. All right. So, (laughs) moving forward, the main. (laughs) So, Sam Sam and Marion's main uh, storyline here is that uh, he's divorced and she wants to get married, but he just likes having her as a little side piece. But they like each other enough to, you know, <laughs> rent out motels to just see each other in. So uh, I love how that was just, I love how he was just evading all of her questions. Man. <laughs> he was not having it. He really was. <laughs> like, he was, he's just the nicest, like, asshole ever. Because he was, she was so polite about it. But he did not want to answer her questions. <laughs> Uh, so we moving forward, she she goes to work. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this or you know know this. Probably not, but Alfred Hitchcock himself is actually behind her when she walks in. He's at the what bus stop, I think. And it's uh, pretty much the origin of the cameo because in all of his movies or most of his movies, Alfred Hitchcock has like a cameo, near, usually during the beginning. So there's a little fun little Easter egg. Is it kind of like how before Stan Lee died, he always had a cameo in like the Marvel movies? Yep, it is basically like that. They, I believe he's okay. the have done it. Maybe others have done it, but Alfred Hitchcock is kind of like the originator. 
all of his i'm not gonna say all of because again it's like 60 plus movies but most of his movies if you pay attention towards the i think oh. the first 20 minutes he pops up somewhere also quentin tarantino does that too right oh no quentin- he doesn't do cameos he doesn't get he's like a full-on character in his movies yeah, he he doesn't do it as much, but there are some movies where he will take over as like a character. Yeah, I forgot he's a must say he's a full on character. It's not cameos. Yeah. Just because uh he has he had dreams of being an actor, but he was better as a director. But yeah, he'll he'll put himself in some of his movies. Um, he's the same if I was a director. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, you know, I want to be a director, but I don't think I would unless I would like feel it was clever enough to. I don't know. Then again, all my scripts are inside jokes, so <laughs> and they're all referencing. Something. My life's an inside joke. Oh, <laughs> hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Long movie. Uh, um, speaking of Quentin Tarantino, uh, we're skipping a little ahead here, but Sheldon, I want to know if you caught it uh, when she's escaping, uh, when she steals the money and she's driving away, and she runs into her boss and he's like looking at her in the street in the car did you mm-hmm. did you catch that from uh pulp fiction oh yeah yeah okay, now no i did not catch I... that but i get it now yeah that's where uh Tar- zaria did you did, i don't know if you've seen pulp fiction did you catch it i have i caught it i was like oh oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i kind of i geeked out a little bit i was like oh <laughs> I just love that shot because it's like you have two choices: either just wait to drive away or run him down. And it's like you get two options. <laughs> right. Willis takes the shot and runs him over. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about um, this this money that she steals. She steals like I don't know. You wake up one day, go to work, and then someone just pops a bunch of money in your lap and just says, "Take care of this." Would you steal it? Because <laughs> honestly. I don't know if you plan on quitting anyways might as well i don't think i would um, nowadays. i don't think so because i won't survive in jail or prison it's too <laughs> the easy to thought track does not cross nowadays. my mind yeah right it was, it was let's pretend they absolutely know who took it. yeah but let's pretend it's the 60s would you but take now it's so <laughs> oh yeah but this, if this is the 60s I would yeah. for sure. No, I still wanted. To, I still wouldn't take it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even think if if there was a sixties, I don't even think anyone would place the money in my lap. I am a black female, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might clinch it even harder. Well, don't give it to her. I heard she's still something. Sixties talk. <laughs> Right. So if the, if if we're playing pretend that we're in the sixties, I wouldn't even get the opportunity. <laughs> but like s- specifically s- soloing out like how the like police have um evolved over the years, did, like compared to how they are now, hell yeah, I would. Yeah. It's so much so much easier to get away with something in the sixties. It's just so funny to be like, he's just waving his money at her face, and then like, here, go take care of this. And she immediately goes home and packs up. It's like, there was just no other, no second thought. She said, yep, this is my way out, and just gone. She dips. Just out of there. Uh, but here's where we start to get, let's talk about uh, Marion's paranoia. I actually like this, because it kind of offers the question of, well, I think Sheldon, you kind of hinted at this, but who's the psycho in this movie? 
And, you know, she's as she's driving, she's starting to hear voices. She's playing out, like, scenarios in her head. What do you guys think of that? I thought it was really interesting. It showed, like, that kind of, like, how someone who is used to living such a, like, carefree life, doing something really risky, how that affects their sanity. Because she was, she was tripping out. Oh, yeah. Hearing <laughs> voices and all that stuff. Like, hearing people say stuff that they didn't even say. It was just... Yeah weird i like, honestly i uh whenever she saw her boss in the street i was like was that a hallucination or was that actually him like i really wasn't sure yeah i'm gonna ask that same question later on but uh zaria what did you think you kind of like played to her like like Sheldon said like she did like she's an innocent person really like before she sold the money she was like a really nice person it seemed and then i don't know it's just like you just get paranoid, like, because I did something wrong, someone's after me, it's like, it was pretty cool, I don't know, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty uh, interesting way to do things. I know, uh, I didn't catch this until my, my you know, watching it for this podcast, but there's a there's a part where she's driving, and she kind of, like, smiles at the camera, I believe it's when she's on the highway, and she's, like, gotten away, and the music's just kind of blasting, but she kind of smiles at the camera, much like how Norman will do at the end of this movie, which brings me to that uh, I just love how the parallels are so clear between Norman and Marion throughout this movie. I don't know if you guys uh, saw into that or at all. I saw, I, to me, it, I saw some, I saw some parallel. Like when you said the smile, that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about the parallels. I was thinking about that exact smile. Um, but yeah, some were, to me, some were clearer than others. I didn't, I kind of had to like think back to it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't notice it. <laughs> it's okay, Shelton. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get to uh, so she pulls over on the side of the road and decides to just take a nap, and then she wakes up to. <laughs> so there's this YouTube video about I I highly recommend it. His name is Meth for uh, Movies Explained for. He does this movies uh, movie explained for uh, millennials cycle. Psycho, not cycle, psycho. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to this part, he calls the officer, officer in your face. Because <laughs> he's just, the way he's like, you first see him, he's just, that camera is way too close to his face, even for like 1960s standards. I was like, whoa, whoa I don't remember this part of the movie. <laughs> so for hints on throughout the podcast, I'm going to be calling him officer in your face. That just makes me laugh. Uh, this guy is... You know, honestly, with all the police stuff going on at this time, I kind of got tense because I was like, ooh, <laughs> does she die earlier? <laughs> did that... <laughs> oh, my God. He was just like, <laughs> <laughs> he was questioning real hard. <laughs> You're just going to sit on the side of the road and take a nap? Well, I'm just in a hurry. What are you doing there? I was like, okay, kid, dude, what are you doing? Uh yeah. She, she just acted and said the worst possible things to that yeah. officer. <laughs> like she's... you're in a hurry. Obviously the question is gonna be why are you in a rush so much? And then like just how tense she was. It was like if you didn't do anything wrong, your best bet is to just be act like you're just you didn't do nothing wrong. It's not like she got pulled over for anything specific. He was just like really checking up on her. And then she turned it into a whole interrogation by being weird. 
Yeah, but it, it's so again, it, it kind of goes on that whole like you know paranoia type thing. But she is she's freaking out way too much. <laughs> like it's she's tripping, dude. Yeah, what also kills me this. All right, well, cop found me. Let's go trade in my car for another one. <laughs> the lot, <laughs> the logic in this is hilarious to me. And that cop knew the fucking um, the car dealership owner. Well, that's my thing. Or so salesman. The, I was watching very closely. The cop never interacts with the car dealership or anything. So the question you were asking earlier with the boss, do you think he was actually there or was he just tripping? He he was because later on he says that he saw her driving. Whenever yep. they start looking for her, he what saw that? her in the street. Hmm. That's what, what cleared that up for me. Oh, really? Because he never interacts with anybody else. Really? I thought I thought that he was the police officer that – the dealership guy was talking to because he said he saw a strange woman on the road or something well that was when she was driving back remember she was hearing voices again oh. he never talks to anyone else but like, else, yeah so it could so yeah it could have been like her imagination like her paranoia like oh my gosh again i'm getting caught this is it this is it i'm about to go to the big house about to be in jail forever da 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 yeah, so like, her mind was playing. Her mind was playing a trick on her, because your mind will do that to you if you let it. Yeah, I think I think so. But then again, it's not a movie about you know this. A lot of this movie isn't you know delusions or hallucinations. So the officer could have been there, but I just think that's a really interesting like way to look at it. Me personally, because he doesn't interact with anyone, and he's just kind of lingering in the background. He does pull into the lot, but no one acknowledges him. So I like to believe that she was just seeing him there and that, you know, some part of her is kind of crazy or she's just not a very good criminal. I think the second, that could be it, too. Yeah. That could be well, it too. She's really bad at being a criminal. It is her first time, I'm assuming, because I was just about to say the exact same thing. I'm going to say it probably is. Her, this is you could tell this is her first crime. Usually the first crime yeah. is usually the most sloppiest and this, that, and the other. Like take serial killers, for example. Their first kill is usually like their sloppiest kill. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> again, she's just like tripping out, and she just she she goes and buys like the brightest car you can find. So again, not a very good criminal. You traded your normal looking car for this yellow thing. <laughs> oh crap! Well, I guess it's black and white. Uh, um, if you want to know the actual color of the car, uh, go to Halloween H two O where. Uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing her character there, but Janet Lee makes a cameo in that movie, and she's driving the psycho car, Ooh. and it's yellow. Uh, I believe it's also yellow in the remake. Uh, also, did you guys notice the license plate for the uh, the car? I did not. It's, uh, what is it? NFB? Uh, so apparently it's a little joke that they have, or that Alfred had while he was filming, but... The, the license plate is NFB, and it stands for Nice Fucking Body. <laughs> nice. nice. I, I want that as a car sticker now. Yeah, <laughs> I, like how, I like how it's a double joke. You could be talking about the car or the person driving the car, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she, she gets out of there. She dodges officer in your face. <laughs> Again, she uses the money to buy the car. but uh, So she ends up, you know, it's raining, and she ends up at the Bates Motel. I love the shot of her looking out the the window and it's raining and she swipes and it's like well that's a sign drives right on in uh man so this is where we get our first introduction to norman bates what do y'all think about uh when you first see him 
what's y'all thoughts on this man? He's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked like a normal dude who's like charismatic and good at talking to people. Yeah, he yeah. yeah. He is very. I feel like he I definitely just, knew what to say to I wish, her. I wish Javon was here so I could finally like see if I can get some points for this. But he's charming. He's very charming. <laughs> <laughs> I like you're, him. You're right this time. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all giggly and like stuttering, and he he seems like a little boy. Like you know, you get the feeling that he's probably like uh, you know, late tw- mid to late twenties probably. He's very tall, but uh, yeah, I like how I like how I feel like he brings the energy. Like you know, Zara, you were saying like it was when she got to the motel where it picked up for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is it is him that brings that energy. Yeah, I can agree. Yes. So uh, he she checks in, she gets a room. Um, you know, so here is when we really get the the parallels for Norman. And Marion, but uh, what cracks me up is that mother is so loud at that house. Like, how loud you got to be for everyone, for someone to hear you outside the house? <laughs> she Pretty was just loud. screaming. Oh, she did that shit to be petty. <laughs> she knew she could hear. Oh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> she knew. Oh my god, it That's was so the type of shit my mom would do. <laughs> it was so awkward because he came back down. <laughs> he was like, "I'm sorry about that." So here's what I'm gonna say. If there's anything that makes me happy in a movie, if there's any movie that makes me happy, this the scene, the parlor scene where it's just him and Marion talk, Marion and Norman talking. This is like my favorite scene of all time. And any no other scene, maybe besides the 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 group scene in Breakfast Club, but no other scene does it for me other than this scene where they're in the parlor. Like, I love this scene so much that I try to write it into everything that I write, where it's just got two people. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, one's the protagonist, one's the uh, antagonist, or they're just clear parallels between them, story-wise. Sit them down, and you have them talk, and you just see how you, you get this, like, instant compare and contrast chemistry going on. I absolutely love it. I love how it's filmed. I love how it's acted. I love how the scene looks. Like... It's like my fate. One of my favorite things of all time is this parlor scene. Uh, what did you guys think about it after watching it? Well, compared to how you thought of it, mine was kind of elementary. I just thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I really liked how um, what I got from it was you could kind of see she was trying to act nonchalant and as normal as possible and kind of let her fear of being caught slip away. And he he put up a mask to kind of try and act as normal as possible. And every so often it would crack a little bit when she would talk about his mother and noticing those little spurts of insanity leak out from him was really interesting. I find it interesting that you say that because to me, this is like the ultimate, to me, this is the, this scene is like when you put two Lego pieces together and you just get that mm-hmm. like quick sensation of click. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, 
I've got weird analogies today. Um, I don't get it. Well, let me explain it. So this scene, the reason I love this scene is just that, number one, the bird imagery is where you kind of get the, like, the motif of the movie where, you know, he tells her she, he eats, she eats like a bird and she's, like, picking off little pieces of the bread and eating it. And, you know, around them, it's just birds everywhere because he does taxidermy. You know, not only is it a clue because he, he knows how to preserve things, for, you know, keep that in mind. You'll know what happens later. But also that, you know, uh, on one side of the room above Norman is all these birds of prey. You got like an owl, a, a hawk, like they're all and they're all outstretched and they're, they're scary looking. And then over next to uh, Marion, you got all these like little birds. You can barely see them, but they're like, you know, parakeets or just little tiny doves. So it, it it's it's such a interesting scene for me because again you have that that meeting of you know antagonist protagonist. It's like you know the spider and the fly. You 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 don't know it until you like really look at it. Uh, I just love how it you know Norman is filmed downward, like he's filmed with a low angle, so the shadows are like accentuating his his face and everything. And you kind of get, you know, like Shelton was saying, you get that those little cracks. And then you go over to Mary, and she's she's filmed like very straightforward, and it, I just love it. It's it's so it's so good. My favorite part during this whole conversation is the uh, cage bird monologue, because not only do I feel like it speaks to me, but I feel like it speaks to a lot of people. But uh, Norman says, and I had to write it down because I just love this this quote from the scene. But so Norman starts off starts off by saying. We're all in our private traps, cramped in them, and none of us can ever get out. We scratch and claw, but only at the ear and only at each other. And for all and for all of it, we never budge an inch. Marion continues saying sometimes we deliberately step into those traps. So there, right there, you got, you know, Norm's experience uh, next to next to uh, Marion's experience. And how, you know, they they really are in kind of in sort of in the same position. But what separates them is that, um, you know, she stepped into hers and, you know, Norman says flat out, I was born into mine, but he doesn't mind it anymore. So, again, it's like it's kind of like a whole nature versus nurture type thing, kind of sort of. And how, you know, Norman feels like he was raised in this trap that he's in and, you know, for Marion, this is kind of like a, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. She's she's stepped into this wild side or into this trap uh, knowing what it was going to risk her. And it, it's, it, I feel like the acting in this scene is just so genuine and perfect. You really do feel for both characters. And honestly, it feels like a, a precursor to Hannibal and Clarice when they were talking and how you know you can trace that back to here. You get that same feeling of how both characters are so different and are on different sides of the spectrum, and yet they connect so easily. But that is that is just me. And then we also, you know, it ends with that that uh, the two like most iconic lines, which is a boy's best friend is his mother, and then uh, you know we all go a little mad sometimes. But uh, that's my little spiel on this. Uh, again, if you guys want to, you know, if you have anything else to say about this, what do you think? you said it all honestly you covered all those bases pretty well Alrighty. i do, I, I do want to um sorry 
I no, shouldn't have said that, and then immediately went to his car. Wait! He's like, oh, you, like, you yeah, I have nothing done. to Wait say. Wait a minute. I'm dead. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. No, but go ahead. <laughs> but like like how you were saying with the with the whole bird imagery, I, I do think it was really interesting how um, Norman describes birds as these delicate, harmless creatures. And it's just the perfect imagery to show, like, what he is to her. Yeah. Like, how she is the bird, and he is the predator that could possibly kill her, and actually ends up killing her. So it was really... Like, as soon as he started talking, like, you're like a bird, and then said they're so defenseless and weak, I was like, you better leave. You got a car. Just leave. Just go. But yeah, it's such a fantastic scene. Like I said, I... You know, you guys have read my stuff, uh, but I try to put this scene in some way, shape, or form in anything I write because I just I find it I find this scene like so inspirational. This is like writing at its best, direction at its best. I absolutely love it. You know, for example, you know, I was trying to do a, a, a mini series earlier this year before COVID started. I know um, I remember when I wrote episode two because it was five parts. And uh, our Chris, who's on this podcast, and uh, Ben, who's also on this podcast, well, it, it turned into Gary. But their their characters had a scene where it was pretty much I, – I went to this scene and, like, re-looked at it and tried to make it my own. And, you know, instead of them eating, like these characters do, they're playing pool. And each shot, uh, whenever a person makes a shot, it's when their point is being, like, made – like, you know, that's just kind of like how I did it. But then I also tried to make sure there was some type of imagery in there. So I was going to use like, uh, you know, you guys know my basement. So there's a lot of like posters, you know, there's there's a post. <laughs> so I try to like use like movie posters to kind of accentuate which side what person's on. But again, it was all derivative of this scene. So I just I just love it. Like, it's like I, if anything, I love this scene. I love I especially love the conversation that they have. But uh, from there, we got a peephole in the wall, and Norman takes a, a, a little sneak peek at Miss Fine, Fine, gently. <laughs> I can't get over how gorgeous she is. Calm your hormones. <laughs> right? Jeez. <laughs> but yeah. She's, she's very pretty. <laughs> yeah. I also love this shot, too, where he takes down the, the wall, but you get that close-up of his eye looking through the hole. Like, that's literally the background of my phone right now. But I I love that that little shot. I posted on one of my Instagrams of that that shot. I just you know I like I like uh, I I'll get into this next week when we do Black Christmas. But I love shots of really close eyes. I kind of said mm-hmm. it in uh, Texas Chainsaw episode two, especially in, in movies where you get a close up of a person's eyes because I feel like that's like one of the most vulnerable ways to not only introduce a character but really like get into the mind of a character or start off in their perspective and it really is here where we take norman's perspective completely but uh let's get into this infamous shower scene i think you know everybody knows this scene right if you've seen the movie or not it's one of those pop culture things mm-hmm. uh, how did you guys feel about watching this scene for the first time i laughed oh yeah. whoa <laughs> because hey, he was just, like it was like stabby stabby stab and then he gets the and then it has like a a cameo shot of her stomach scar free yeah <laughs> and then you see the blood running down the drain and then you get like another cameo shot of another body part scar free no, and then, 
And then it goes back. I think it goes back to the tub one more time. It has like blood going down. No, that's at the end of the scene. Um, and then they, the person walks away, and then she's like there, and then she like just falling. She grabs the shower curtain, and then it's like she just falls in this weird position. And then you see the blood on this on the bathtub, and I'm just like, it was it was because comparing it to like death scenes now. You see all the scars, the blood on the person, the blood on the person that's dying is going in. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I guess, like, if I was in the 60s watching this, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is terrifying. But looking at it now, I'm just like, oh, wow, death scenes have came a long way. <laughs> right. Well, definitely. What about you, Shelton? I said, okay, so she, she gets stabbed a good, like, five or six times, it looks like, you know, maybe even more. And so, like... It shows her body like there's no there's not really any blood during the stabbing. There yeah. isn't really any um anything much anything like that bitch is Superman getting stabbed. <laughs> like I wish I could take a knife as many times as she could before going down. Damn. Yeah. To where uh, Marion actually gets away. She's in the shower and she just says forget this and then leaves. And then later on it's uh it's Sam looking for Marion. Uh, after she kind of uh, dips, and he's a, he he decides to take a shower after checking in, and Norman comes and kills him, and it's brutal. Like you see the stabs, you see the knife go in, you see the blood. So it's it's funny that you guys said that you know it looks so uh, so clean when she's getting stabbed. When the show they made it bloody, like it, I think it's the most bloody the show's ever gotten, honestly. But uh, oh yeah, it's an iconic scene. I like it. It. The, I think the music is what really people take away from it. Yeah, because yeah. it sure wasn't the stabby stabs. <laughs> right. But, you know, and, you know, down goes Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, and Jamie Lee Curtis will be have to uh, redo this scene a lot of times in her life. Uh, they even do it in Scream Queens, where she just <laughs> she takes a shower and is set up the same way, but she gets out. Um. But then after that, we get a whole tutorial on how to get how to get away with murder, step by step, by uh, Norman Bates. <laughs> uh, at this point, where we're supposed to think that uh, mother has killed Marion, and mm-hmm. you know, Norman is protect- protecting his mother by cleaning up. Uh, it's a lengthy scene too, but I feel like every time I watch this scene, I feel like a bad person because I immediately think about the money. Like, what? Where's the money? <laughs> Honestly, the money. I was. No, you're not a bad person, because I was. I was like, so that money, the money. He, he just the throws the stole. It. Yeah, he puts he puts her in the trunk and he throws that money in the trunk too. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, he's at a swamp. <laughs> he can use it to up to upgrade the motel. He Which wasn't thinking they, ahead. Yeah, it's what they were thinking uh, later. Swamp. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing about the swamp. When I was watching it this time, I couldn't help but think of Bully because uh, I was sitting there like, so you mean to tell me Norman can sink a whole car in the <laughs> swamp, and like eight of them couldn't like throw one body in the water? <laughs> <laughs> it felt kind of insensitive, but still, I feel like it just had to be said. So, uh, you know, go back. You're to right, our... though. You're, you're right, though. I mean, you're not he's, wrong. Yeah. He sinks a whole car in this small swamp. They like, had the a car whole... disappears. The car yeah. is like gone. I love how it pauses though, and it said, mm, "Okay." I'll... 
like the, even the car was like you know maybe <laughs> they're like we're gonna shift over to the car's perspective like uh, <laughs> but yeah i was like i could just help but think of that but uh after that we meet <laughs> i feel like she never gets a lot of uh love but we get Marion's sister lila and we get reintroduced to sam loomis or really introduced since he gets to be more of a character in the second half of the movie uh and this is really where the movie kind of slows down and really starts to take its time because then it becomes like a a mystery type thing yeah and again we're supposed to think it's mother so it's like you know are they going to catch mother or not they're they're wanting to see mother but how we feel about lila and really getting to know sam in the second half of the movie here Okay, so I thought that um, the girl that played Marion. Yeah. I I thought she also was playing Lila. It wasn't <laughs> until I it wasn't until I looked up the cast that they're not the same person. <laughs> so the whole time I was like, so because like because like when I first saw Lila, I was like, wait, so she didn't die? And then I was like, oh, they said Lila. That's not that's not Marion then. So I was confused, like, the first, like, 15 seconds. But once I came to the realization, I just kind of liked her. She was just, like, worried about her sister, which is, I mean, I'd be the same way, too. If, like, my sister went missing after X amount of days of not hearing from her. And stealing a bunch of money. No, that's beside the point. Well, that's as though she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> what she steals is her prerogative. I just know if the girl's alive or not. <laughs> what about you, Felton? Is it bad that I was like in the back of my head? I kind of thought, huh? They should get together. I mean, she dead, so. <laughs> wow. I I assume they do by the end of the They movie. had such good chemistry. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it better than uh Marion and uh who's better, Marion and Sam or Lila and Sam? Um, I think Marion and Sam have the sexual tension. But um, Lila and Sam have the chemistry. But well, the people, a lot of people do um, like find comfort in each other, and like it develops into love when they miss, when they are, when they lose someone that they're both close to. Yeah, I can see that. I totally see them getting together. Um, I know mm-hmm. in the in the sequel movies I talked about earlier, they do end up getting married. So. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming. I know in the book they they end up uh, having an affair, but it's uh much later into the into the story. But it's like right before they find they go back to the motel and find the body. It's like a, they were spending a night at um a different motel because they were smart, and they end up getting together. I think they're I I like these two together. They I like how spunky she is. Like she's is it an is it still does it still kind of an affair even though Marion's dead. Yeah, it's like a um in the book and you yeah, don't see it yeah, in the movie. Me. But uh it's kinda like a it is kinda like an it was kinda like a one night thing that turned into like romance by the time mm-hmm. they started really investigating. Gotcha. Yeah, it you know, it started off as like, you know, two people they're sad, they don't know what happened to this one lady and yeah. Marion. And then, you know, you know some people they do things out of like, you know, need. Like you know, yeah. just, something that's kinda how it plays in the book. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> moving forward, we get introduced to uh, Detective Arbogast, or as I like to call him, <laughs> Detective In Your Face. No relation <laughs> to In Your Face, because again, his introduction is just into the camera, way into the camera. Um, yeah. 
He's a private detective uh, hired by Marion's employers looking for Marion and the money. Uh, so, Sheldon, I want you to go first on this one. What do you think about this guy? I really like this scene. I've grown up with it. Again, I've never, young, being younger, I never really knew where it was from. My first recollection of it is, uh, if I think back far enough, is uh, Looney Tunes Back in Action, where uh, Brandon Frazier, he's in the, this house, or, you know, it's like a spy movie, but he's in the house of, like, some Hollywood executive or something, and he's looking mm-hmm. for something, but it, uh, Bugs Bunny finds him. But the way it's the the scene is, is that Bugs Bunny is in the shower, so Brandon opens up the he opens up the sh- the curtain, and Bugs Bunny like reenacts the whole thing, just like screaming and like <laughs> he's all black and white, and then he like pours the chocolate sauce down the drain and then like pretends to die. <laughs> Which is you know they use chocolate sauce for the blood in this because they thought it would be more potent since it was going to be in black and white. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I like the I really like the scene. It's such an intense scene when it happens because she's in the shower, you see the shadow, and then boom, boom, and then the music makes it even better. But uh, you know, spoilers for the uh, season five of Fates Motel. But the way they do it in that one is uh, they twist it. The detective was cool. I like the detective a lot. You Ar- like Arbogast? Arbogast. At the same time, though, it's like he's too good at his job. Too good? What do you mean? Like, he everybody he talked to, he was like, uh-huh, it's this. You suspicious. I know what you <laughs> basically, did. Basically, basically. He just knew. He constantly knew everything. He was like, a detective damn, before his time. He he was he was a detective before his time. That dude was yeah. fucking Batman. <laughs> Honestly. Like, Gotham needs to hire him or needed to hire him. Yeah. For real. Yeah, I, I like. I, you know, I'll say this. I I don't like his name. His just name just sounds weird. Arbogast. Like, is that a family name? Did you just did you pick that out yourself? Uh, it's in the book. It's in the book too. Uh, but still, uh, to me, he's just your. I I never until maybe I just never paid attention to him. But it was this watching where I was like, oh, he's a private detective. I always mm-hmm. like a, a regular detective. But then they go and meet the sheriff later. But uh, he he's cool. He plays his part. Uh, he does. He is very good at interrogating people because, like you were saying, Marion was very, like, she sucks under pressure. He really pressures Norman, and Norman's just stuttering all over the place. Like, man, <laughs> like you know, not a moment, not like a day ago, this man was sweet talking Marion to where she, she sat down and ate with him. <laughs> but <laughs> when he gets this officer, he's like, ah, crap, I'm done for. <laughs> like that's how it came off. He's just eating candy and just stuttering and lying. It, it, it was so funny to watch. And then again later on, he was perfectly fine talking to Sam and um, damn, forgot her name. Uh, Lila. Lila. That one. Yeah. That one. That lady. <laughs> that lady. But yeah, so detective in your face. Uh, it's later on. He talks to Norman. Uh, we, we covered. We kind of covered that. Uh, I like how he finally goes inside the house. Like he's the only one to really go into the house before. Sam and uh, Elila do early, later on in the movie, but we finally get a look at the inside of this house, like a, a, a long look at the inside of it. I really like the way this house looks. It's, it's so a like nice house. It's so nice. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he he finds mom. He finds mommy, and mommy strikes back hard. I his his death scene cracks me up. Step on me, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> 
not on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind. I need to get off the internet. <laughs> I have not internet today, sweetie. Uh, so when I was watching the movie, I was I was writing in my notes, and I was like, "All right, Detective In Your Face dies, dot 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 dot, gracefully down the steps because <laughs> he takes a while to fall down those steps." His death was kind of brutal, honestly, compared to like the shower scene. Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting him to get, get stabbed. You see the blood, and then he falls down the stairs. It's like, oh, oh, they actually did it with this one. Yeah. I was like, oh, you learned from Marion. <laughs> that's what that's what I was like. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I think I think uh, back when Vine was a thing, I think someone took this scene, but like they, it was him falling down the steps, but they put the the three hundred sound under it, so it was like. <laughs> But yeah, he gets slashed in the face. I don't, that's, yeah. that's tough. I don't know, man. I think I'll take the shower if I... I don't want to ever be slashed in the face. But yeah, he gets slashed in the face and then he just falls you down. Would the... have, you would have to have a closed casket ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Here lies Detective In Your Face for all oh my of you. Oh my God. Will all of the In Your Face family members please stand up to visit the <laughs> Got Mama In Your Face, Daddy In Your Face. Stop. Cousin In Your Face. <laughs> Why they all gotta be In Your Face? In Your Face, right? Oh, it's so funny to me. Uh, again, check out check out Meth on YouTube. That's where I got it from. He is hilarious. He covers all types of movies, but that one gets me every time. But uh, so yeah, he he goes down the steps and into the back to the swamp again. Again, I thought of Bully. Like uh, he buries a whole he car. A lot of bodies in that. Swamp. He had about to say he has a whole car. Yeah, and a detective. And, and like eight, of, and then the, as a group. They yeah. could not put homeboy in the ocean. Correctly. <laughs> Correctly. <laughs> Them crabs saved him. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, uh, but still. So yeah, I love how he's just standing there eating the same candy he was eating when he met Arbogast. That little, like, you know, bookend. It's a, it's a nice little inside joke. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and that's done for. Uh, so Sam and Marion decide to take matters into their own hands after not hearing about them, and they, they go looking for the truth. Uh, it's here they visit the sheriff, and we get, uh, the full story on Norma Bates in that she, <laughs> she's been dead for 10 years, so they don't know oh, who's yeah. in the house. When he said that, I was like, uh, face right. crack. She's been dead for how long? T- 10, 10 years? Oof. I, I didn't believe it, because I was like... Who was yelling then? <laughs> Turns out he does a really good mom impression. You totally forgot it was him. Face crack of the century. Yeah, like... But, uh... <laughs> what cracks me up, too, is that um, when they visit the sheriff, it's like, I don't know how late it is at night or morning or whatever. It's black and white, so we don't know. But, like, he coming down the stairs like, now, who was ringing my doorbell at this hour? <laughs> and his wife comes following behind him. <laughs> And they're just, they're just so welcoming. <laughs> but his wife is, I don't know, his wife is just so cute and adorable. I'm just like, oh, she's like the grandma that makes cookies for the whole ass neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
because <laughs> like later on in the movie um when they do like the when he like said you gotta like do a missing person or whatever she yeah. was like it's she was like oh it's sunday y'all should come over and do it around dinner time i was like oh She's like, do it around dinner time. Make it pleasant. I was like, lady, people are dying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, like they can wait. (laughs) They can die slower. Like, I mean, my sister's dead. We don't know where her body is. But yeah, I'll get a plate. Yeah. I love how they (laughs) go to church the next morning too. (laughs) Well, what cracks me up about the wife is that uh, when they bring up Norman. And it was like, well, then who is in the window? Oh, the Norman take a wife? Did he take a wife? <laughs> well, uh, you want to call it that? <laughs> yes, yes, I remember. Yes, I was like, oh, did Norman take a wife? Well, he took a life, several actually. But I mean, if you, yeah, but say if you replace the W with the L, but yeah, you correct, you right on the nose, sis. Yeah, <laughs> she solved the case. Right. <laughs> yes, this woman. The wait, what's the thing? I don't think. Cops win an award for cracking the case. Never mind. <laughs> I think they just get promoted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give this woman a promotion today. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sam and Lila end up going down to uh, Norman, and you get this big old cat and mouse. They, they get a room, pretend to be a married couple. And uh, Norman's just like, oh, crap. It's like, it's, it's this scene where I'm like, okay, he knows they're on to him. He knows something is up. It's like, mm-hmm. you go from not having anybody visit your motel to having one girl, you kill her, then a detective comes, you kill him, and then a couple comes. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, uh. If, you're, if your paranoia radar ain't off, then it should be. <laughs> You would think it would be off after the first murder, honestly, though. <laughs> like, Seriously. <you> think... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's I like the scene. You know, it's, again, it's, it's classic cat and mouse. It kind of, it kind of yeah. did remind me of um, uh, the Signs of the Lambs with Clarice and Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here is, uh, you know, <laughs> Sam takes down Norman. Uh, as mother, we get the reveal. Mother has been dead. She is a her, her scream. Another laughing, a laugh that when she had screamed and she hit the light. Yeah. <laughs> ah! I was like, what was, why did you? What the light do to you? The light's not dead. I hope her hands okay. It sounds like it was right. hard. Yeah, so, for real. Like the little light thing, it swung, and you heard that. You heard the doop. I was like, oh. Ooh, yeah. That that whole time too. As soon as she, I was like, "That's gonna be a corpse." She better be smart enough not to scream. And she screamed. I was like, "Oh, why did I expect her not to scream?" But what yeah. one thing I do like about like old movies is like, it, you, whenever like the uh the female character is about to scream, it's like she pauses, collects herself, and then. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what was the what was the point of the pause? They scream, because <laughs> like they they look, assess, and then scream. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then and then doesn't Sam come in with yeah yeah mom Norman. slash Norman? Yeah, yeah, Norman runs down with the knife that is in the air, and then <laughs> he, I don't know why he waits, but uh, he changed clothes fast. Well, he did. Been doing this for ten years, you just kind of get down, like. <laughs> Talk about a costume swap. Put him on Broadway. 
<laughs> yeah. Nah, put him on RuPaul's Drag Race because that wig reveal, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love- <laughs> he had some time to do his makeup before they got to the, the fruit cellar. Uh, I love how there's just a rocking chair in there. But yeah, we get we get Mother's ugly ugly mug revealed to us. She's dead and preserved. But uh, Norman is dressed up as a mother, and that you know you figure out yeah Norman's been insane this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I this the, the last part of this movie always gets me too. You get the worst and most dramatic uh, psychiatrist ever. <laughs> Right. She's like, so is my sister dead? Well, yes and no. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah, right. they need to get, they need to call insurance. They need to call family members. Like, why are you taking this long to explain what Norman is? Right. Like, is my sister dead? Yes. All right. I gotta go plan a funeral. Goodbye. I don't care I, about him. I need my to reason grieve. for my sister. <laughs> All right, time to grieve. I gotta go. Like I don't like at that point. I don't care about what's wrong with Norman. I just need to know if my sister is dead. Yeah. She was really calm about it too. It was like, okay, my sister's dead. Let me listen to you monologue now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> weird, weird monologue. Just like if I heard, like if I heard a family member of mine is dead, I ain't gonna boohoo cry. Like, yeah, you need a moment. <laughs> like, let me ball out and cry and grieve for a second, then I'll listen to you again. That's selfish, Zarya. He needed his five minutes. Yeah, I needed to cry. Is I this... needed to grieve my sister. He is in this movie for five minutes. He needs his screen time. <laughs> it, just, it just kills me. It's like, so did he kill her? Yes and no. Mother killed her. And they just like, okay, the kid's got multiple personalities. Just say that. But yeah, it is the 60s. They so didn't really have a, a, you know, a grasp on psychology properly. But it is, mm-hmm. yeah. The, again, if you want to watch Bates Motel, they explain it fully there using, you know, modern day definition. He has disassociative identity disorder. It is due from trauma. In the show, it's trauma from his dad. But uh, in in the movie, if we're strictly if we're sticking with this, they they strictly make it the mom's fault. Uh, you know, Norma, she has a part to play in it. But uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> we get this crazy scene of Norman trying to be quote unquote normal because the mother personality has officially taken over. Uh, you be familiar with this, you know, uh, Split kind of touched on this where each personality is trying to fully take over. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's after they get him a blanket. I like how after this all this explaining, after all this explaining, the guy's like, "Can you get him a blanket? He's cold." Yeah, right. <laughs> you just said he was a woman, <laughs> first of all, and then he murdered two people. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, uh, again we get that we get the parallel from earlier. Marion was driving the car here. Uh, Mother Norma. Uh, trying to be normal, sits and smiles at the camera while not trying to harm a fly. And that's the end of our movie, guys. Which, wait, let me just say, if anybody just lets a fly crawl on them, that is some creepy shit. That is not normal. I flinch and go ballistic when I I think my hair is a bug on me. So, a fly, that's not gonna happen. I will scream, karate chop the air. (laughs) Like that, gonna... <laughs> that is some strong willpower because I'm freaking out over here. The slightest bug that touches if I hear a z go past my ear, I freak out. Yeah, there's at least like five yeah. just going 
<laughs> like, but no, he's like letting it fall on him. But uh, so yeah, that's that's our movie. Uh, so really quickly, do you guys recommend Psycho 1960? I do. I I recommend it. Yay! I do too. Yay! Because isn't this movie like the mother? Dated. Like the mother of slasher, kind of. Yeah. One of the parents. So yeah, so like you can see where like all like the original references that other slasher movies may have. You can see like parallels that this movie has to other slasher movies. So I feel like it's like a slasher movie that you would that you should see if you're a slasher fan. Oh yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. It's not, it's not one that relies on gory kills. It really relies yeah. on the story. Story, I feel, yeah. I feel like when it comes to a slasher, if you have good story to throw on top of the suspense, that's amazing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. No, there's no surprise here. I definitely recommend Psycho. It is definitely the grand. It's normally known as the granddaddy of all slasher movies. Uh, it's definitely where the genre starts. Besides Psycho, because it's so iconic. It did start off the American, it, I, you know, if we're being honest, as a if you're a movie fan or horror fan, it, it kind of halfway, uh, it has half the credit for being like the first slasher because another movie came out, I think a couple months earlier, but it is from a British director by Michael uh, called Michael Powell. He has a movie called um, Peeping Tom, in which the entire movie is through the killer's perspective, through a camera lens. And if you want your gore, that's where it is. He stabs a lot of people with this like mechanism, and he records it on using his camera. But it is it's the same type of setup. You know, you don't have the the you don't have the the perspective change like you have in this movie. You you follow that character, but you get a lot of his. You know, you get a lot of the things that happen in this movie and that movie too. But other than that, if we're just talking about cycle here, yeah, this is definitely recommended. It's it's a classic. Uh, even even if it's not you know if you, if you're not a horror fan, watch it anyway. It's 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 definitely where the the genre has uh, started and kicked off. Uh, it's just a fun movie, so I absolutely love it. I think it's I, I I said this before, but I think this is one of those movies you need to watch before you die. I think it's also a very perfect movie. I wouldn't change it, uh, although I would like to remake it. But uh, well, uh, that's our show, guys. Uh, Zaria Shelton, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. I don't know why I keep on missing it. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> yes. Glee You can never not watch enough Glee. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be we will be back soon, continuing our uh, slasher movie series. I think we're off to a very good start here, especially uh, knowing that <laughs> the next movie is insanely funny by like. It's not intentionally funny, but it's funny. But it's also very scary, too. Uh, so next next time, we'll be talking about Black Christmas. Uh, from, uh, Why I gotta be black? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we'll find out when we watch it, then. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch that one. I know uh, uh, we'll have Savannah back for that one, too. Hopefully, we'll have the full, peop- the full cast of all four of us here for that one. So... Uh, Till next time, uh, thanks for tuning in to this uh, episode of Civil Trials. Oh, they burned it. It's a fire. It's a fire. No, he's saying it's a spider. Oh.
I'm gonna say you better go put it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm on fire. That's even worse, honestly. That's even worse, honestly. <laughs> Look. Okay. Um. All right. So if you want more of the Murderboard podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Murderboard underscore pod and on Twitter at Murderboard the. If there you can ask questions and leave comments, feel free to request anything you want us to do in the future. Please don't forget to share the podcast with family and friends. You can find us on your favorite podcast networks such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and right here on Anchor. Look for new episodes on Fridays and Sundays, and we'll catch you again on the murder board. All right, I'm gonna go kill this spider. <laughs>